When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind and Allstate. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, let's get rolling on the Sooner Sports Podcast. Toby Rowland coming up here in mere moments, but first, a word from the air. It's a calling that's kept us free. It's a place to belong. What's the calling? It's doing a job that makes a difference. Serving your community and your country. It's part-time service where the impact is full-time. What's your calling? Air Force Reserve. AFreserve.com. All right, welcome into a... I guess we should timestamp this, Toby, because as we're taping this edition of the Game Plan on the Sooner Sports Podcast, the West Virginia Baylor game hasn't quite tipped off yet, kind of a, a matinee special, so... Uh, not fully able to dive into what the scenarios might look like for the Big 12 champion or the Big 12 tournament yet, but we do have a game from last night to recap. Great call with you and Kevin, but uh, another heartbreak, man. That's just, I don't know. Uh, th- th- that one seems to hurt more than Saturday for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah, and they both sting. Uh, I, I really felt like they played uh, really well Monday night up in Stillwater. They adjusted their game plan a little bit, led most of the way, it felt like. And um, uh, Brady had such a good performance that uh, for it not to go in the win column at the end, I'm sure was uh, deflating. But those were two great basketball games. I mean, just two um, roller coaster, two and a half hour basketball games that when you got to the end of it, one play here, one play there, and it and it decides it. 
-hmm. And give Oklahoma State credit. I mean, Cade Cunningham was phenomenal on Saturday. Oklahoma was bound and determined to get the ball out of his hands on Monday night, and they still had uh, uh, role players that stepped up and made big shots for them. And I think maybe Oklahoma comes out of that with some positives, too, in that, listen, uh, OU is really good and really tough, even if Brady Manick is giving them five points a night. But if he is going to return, well, if he's going to play like he did Monday night and like he has the majority of his career, then that's an entirely different dimension that he adds to this basketball team. And when you're looking on to not just the Big 12, but especially the NCAA tournament, and you're trying to game plan against Oklahoma, he's the most unique weapon that they bring to the table. Right. A six foot nine guy that can shoot threes like that is a very difficult matchup. And if you have to account for him, not only is that great that you get his offense, hopefully, but it should open up things for other guys out there as well. So uh, excited to see he, the way he played. Um, you know, other guys had a, had a good night as well and just didn't figure it out. Now I think it, lo- it puts a lot of pressure on Thursday night because you do not want to go into the postseason on a four-game losing streak. Agreed. I was listening to your radio show driving in. Unfortunately, I was in a hurry, so maybe my mind was wandering a little bit, T-Row. But it seemed as if you had all the scenarios pretty much figured out in your head for what the Big 12 seating is going to look like because with Kansas basically being done, am I to understand that the highest Oklahoma can finish now is four? Heading into the Big 12 tournament? Yeah, I think that's right. Okay. I think, uh, and I don't have everything figured out, but <laughs> um, I, I think probably the the simple explanation is this. If they beat Texas, if OU beats Texas, they will in all likelihood be in the 4-5 game in uh, Kansas City as either the 4 seed or the 5 seed. And the most likely opponent there is Oklahoma State. Now, that could change. They got a couple of games left. Who knows? But um, if OU beats Texas, they are probably going to be in the 4-5 game. If they lose to Texas, they are probably going to be either the 6 or the 7 seed. And obviously, if you're the 7 seed, you have to play on uh, opening night against the 10 seed. So, and, and it just depends on, you know, everybody else has a couple more games. A lot of other people have a couple of more games than OU has. Who wins and who loses, obviously, will dictate that. But the simple version is uh, win and you're probably in the 4-5 or five game, lose and you're probably the 6 or the 7 seed. So, in other words, there's still, A, a lot to play for, obviously, and B, with a loss, you could really end up, as well, as you said, you don't want to go into the postseason on any type of losing skid, but it could really challenge you as far as trying to put together a couple of wins in the Big 12 tournament because, I mean, honestly, there's nobody you want to see in the first no. round of the Big 12 tournament, but you don't want to play that extra day either. Well, no, probably not. I mean, sometimes if you can win it, sometimes it's nice to get a win. If That's you true. Go, you, you go, let's go say you play – I mean, I don't want him to be in that game. I'm just saying sometimes it's nice to kind of get a win under your belt and, and get going. But I, it, they're not going to be the eight seed, okay? Right. So they're not going to play Baylor. We know that. Everybody else, 
is pretty much the same. I mean, it doesn't, the seeding matters from a perception standpoint for the NCAA tournament, really. That's what matters most. But you're looking at, from matchup wise, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, Kansas, Texas Tech. I mean, what's the difference, right? I mean, they're, they're all NCAA tournament top six teams, top six seed teams. So there's not an easy draw in there at all. I mean, no. it's all it's all the same wood chipper that you've got to go through to try to win this thing. It's just a matter of what number you have next to your name when you start it. Uh, and that's I'm not making an excuse. They were the two seed a week ago, and I was excited about that. That would have been really cool if they could have finished as the two seed the Big 12. That's not going to happen now. I'm just saying four through seven, wherever they finish, the, the biggest ramification of that is how are they playing? You know, did they did they beat Texas, get that four seed, feeling good about themselves, go into that Big 12 tournament, win a game, stick around for a bit, you know, all that kind of that's that's the most important thing here now is to get the mojo back that they had when they were kind of the darlings of college basketball there for a bit. So that when you head to Indianapolis, you're not just happy to be in the event, you're like you feel like you've got a chance to make a run. And they and they do. They still do. I it was kind of wild, just one final look back to last night. It it was really as wish almost as if they just went with a five man rotation. T wrote, were you surprised that we didn't see any more of Kirk Queth last night? I guess a majority of that is just how well Brady was playing offensively too, right? I think that's all I think that was all of it I got in its entirety. Yeah. I mean I think uh Brady was playing at such a high level that Lon Kruger felt like he, he couldn't have him off the floor, didn't want him off the floor. I don't I don't know if Brady's ever played 38 minutes in a game in his career. <laughs> um, so I think it's all a testament. Uh, Kirk Queth played well against OSU on Saturday. He had 10 points, four rebounds. I think he had a couple of blocked shots. So I don't think he was scared to have Kerr on the floor at all. I don't think Kerr did anything wrong. I think it was entirely Brady was playing at such a high level that um, Lon wanted him out there. He did shorten the bench. You didn't see uh, Victor Walker at all. You didn't see very much of Alondis Williams. Uh, But this is the time of year when that happens for teams, you know, who are the seven or eight guys that I can rely on. And, to Lon Kruger's credit, that fluctuates from game to game. You know, we've seen games this year when Kerr has been the go-to guy down the stretch or Jalen Hill has been a pivotal player down the stretch for them. And he is a master of riding the hot hand. You know, who's Who's got it going for me tonight and what's the lineup that's working for me tonight? And I'm going to go with that. It was fun. I mean, it, it was a fun game. I hope these two teams go after each other again in the Big 12 tournament, but we'll see next week. All right, on a completely non-sports side of things, Toby Rowland, what's the travel schedule look like for you, and have you caught up on your sleep yet? I'm all good. I'm rested up. Uh, we we had a fun uh, few days there going <laughs> down south on I-35 back and forth with uh, OU baseball, and uh, – Got some wins, so that that always makes the trip a little more fun coming back. But now going forward, uh, Kevin Henry and I are going to head up to Kansas City 
for the Big 12 tournament. We nice. will be in the arena. Um, so cool. I think we, do we have a new name for that arena up there, I believe, now? It, I, it was the Sprint Center. I think it's the T-Mobile right? Center now, isn't it? I'm not sure. I'll try to learn that before yeah. I have to say it on T-Mobile Center, t But they are allowing radio crews in the venue. So we will be there for the Big 12 tournament. And then we will also be in Indianapolis wow. for the NCAA tournament, wherever they place the Sooners in one of those six venues. And we're excited about that. Uh, it was a thrill to be back in an arena, uh, an opposing arena. We've been in the Lloyd Noble Center all, all year. But to be in an opposing arena on Monday night for Bedlam, we haven't done that since uh, the TCU game back in December. Oh, wow. And so it's going to be very exciting to not only be able to call the games, but to hopefully provide some content on social media and the web and everything uh, from, you know, whatever practice reports, whatever we can gather, whatever we're allowed together so that we can bring fans uh, a little closer to uh, feeling like they're behind the scenes with the team as they go on this uh, March through March. Yeah, I was uh... – that was something else, man, to, to finally hear you guys back in an arena this weekend and to sense the energy. And you know what? Uh, we'll get excited for Thursday. You'll be there for OU Texas and, of course, uh, taking off next week for Kansas City. Uh, there are, And, by the way, fans are being let in, right, in Kansas City. There's a percentage, I think, what, like 25% right now, if not more? Yeah, I don't remember the exact okay. number. I think I think it is 25%, but uh, don't quote me on that. All right, two more quick ones, and I'll let you get out of here. First, yeah. on a football side of things, uh, I'm, I'm filling in on the huddle. We're actually taping on Wednesday night. But how great has it been to hear from the assistant football coaches, and how awesome was Bill Biedenboe the other day just in hearing him talk about the challenge? I know you had a chance to go one-on-one with uh, Marquise Hayes, but – Man, I, I have thoroughly enjoyed that aspect of this show. It's been wonderful, and especially, I think, uh, in the off offseason, uh, the coaches we've had on. Who do you have on tomorrow night? Do you know? I have Alex Grinch on tomorrow night. Okay. Uh, the coaches we've had on so far have been uh, very open. Yeah. And, you know, a little they're a little more relaxed, I think, because it's not the season, it's not the – it's not the grind of the season where you kind of live on edge all the time, you know? So they're a little more open and free, at least uh, the last couple. We've only had two on so far. The last couple have been very enjoyable to talk to, and they've gone in-depth about some positions. And Bill Biedenboe's talking about guys moving from right to left. and all. <laughs> he's, all he's telling you everything. Yeah. And um, so it's been great. i tell you the other thing that I hope fans have really enjoyed viewers have enjoyed is in this uh, off season on that huddle show, we have a segment called in layman's terms where Teddy takes a concept and explains it. And it could be uh, the GT counter, the guard tackle run play that they've been so successful with in the OU run game in recent years. Uh, last week he was talking about linebacker run fits you know, oh, some of this stuff so cool. when Teddy and Gabe start talking on a broadcast and you and I look at each other and say, what are they talking about right now? You know, and then they explain it to us. Teddy, Teddy's doing that through this offseason, having a different subject every week. One of them was 
how has OU gone about getting pressure on opposing quarterbacks under Alex Grinch and some of the tricks that he's used with twists up front, where to bring pressure from and everything. And he diagrams it out. And uh, it's been fascinating. It really has been good. I love it because I just sit there for a whole second and watch <laughs> Teddy talk. But I've heard from, I heard from uh, Mike today, uh, who works at Sooner Vision, who said, I've learned more football in the last month on that segment so than cool. I knew my entire life. So uh, it's been great. I don't know what he's talking about with you tomorrow night, but I'll definitely tune in to see. Yeah, I can't wait. And it's fitting that Alex Grinch is our guest. So maybe we can throw one of those TED Talks in front of Coach Gritch and see what he has to say. By the way, those are all available right now on the podcast archive. Just simply scroll down at either Soonersports.com slash podcast or however you consume podcasts. Uh, in fact, I'm going to start dropping them on Monday, kind of have a little Monday football talk to start the week. And then I'll let you go on the good luck charm, Toby Rowland. You, uh, you show up at an OU baseball game and suddenly this team comes to life. How nice was that? Well, we lost the opener, and I was on the mic. Oh, that. that's right. So that's I right. I, I, Sorry. I don't think I deserve any credit at all, but they did get a couple of wins uh, down in uh, Arlington. Uh, got down there to see Globe Life Field on Wednesday and, and? and called that win over UTA. Very nice. Uh, modern facility, beautiful radio booth. OU played well that night. And then made it down to Round Rock, uh, the Dell Diamond for – the uh, Round Rock uh, Classic and played great against Baylor on Sunday night. Called that game. Um, happy that uh, I think it was good for them this weekend to win two out of three in a prestigious event like that. A couple of very nice resume wins against Auburn and Baylor. It's a non-conference win over Baylor, and um, you know they, I, I don't think they loved how they came out of the gates, especially that loss to Stephen F. Austin. Right, but. The wins over Auburn and Baylor, I think, has injected some early season confidence in them. And we'll see if they can keep it rolling this weekend. Another similar event this weekend in Frisco, Texas, at the Dr. Pepper ballpark there, the double-A affiliate of the Rangers. And they'll play four games this weekend, uh, two against Arizona, one against Missouri, and one against Dallas Baptist. Again, NCAA tournament caliber teams. And we'll see uh, how many of those they can pick off. How about this, Chris? Arizona is a uh, proud program, great baseball tradition. Mm -hmm. OU hasn't played Arizona in baseball since 1979. What? And they'll play each other Thursday and Friday down in Frisco. You going down for the calls? I will be with basketball Thursday night for the Texas game. Nice. And then uh, Taylor Maples will call the baseball games Thursday and Friday, and I'll I'll get Saturday and Sunday down in Frisco with baseball. Safe travels, my man. We appreciate you coming on. Have a great rest of your day. Good talking to you, Chris. See See you, Toby. That's Toby Rowland. Thanks for hanging out with us on the Sooner Sports Podcast. We'll see you again tomorrow. Until then, Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Riverwind, home to a luxury hotel, fine dining, and never-ending rewards. Riverwind is still the one. And Allstate, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review however you listen. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Sooner Sports Network.